Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel, and Dennis are here. Their, their cameras aren't on, but they're here. I promise it's not just me with you today. We've got a lot going on. Uh, we, we've got uh, a new quarter, so we're going to talk about what happened at the close yesterday. Wild action into the close. So we'll recap that for you. Uh, we'll recap the direct listings we had yesterday. We've got news of... Uh, potential stimulus we've got a lot of layoffs happening this morning a lot it's not good out there we've got a lot of stuff happening a lot of news some dilution and workhorse we're talking about we've got salesforce had their special announcement on mad money uh winning stimulus we've got some SPACs. so a lot on our radar mark shaken will be our guest today he'll join us at 8 15 a lot going on oh and earnings too we've got uh pepsi we've got constellation brands we got bed bath and beyond so like I mentioned, a lot to get to on the show. Joel, how are we doing here in the overnight session? Uh, very well, Spencer. We're up uh, nearly 33 handles at uh, 33.8450. Uh, wild close. We'll talk about that with Dennis in one minute here. And just completely reversed off that he- heavy selling off the close. And now we're just right back where we were at 2.30. Just a snap back uh, rally in the market, rallying all night. Every time I checked my phone, we were up like another five, six handles. Uh, now the question is, you know, what do we do here at the 50% retracement of this entire move from 35.76.75 up here down to 31.98? Uh, you have crude in the red by 72 cents at 39.50. Gold sneaking its head up above 1900, up 910 at 1904.60. Silver doing well too. Silver trying to get into the $24 handle up 42 cents at 23.92 and Bitcoin moving with the metals up $220 at $10,990. Uh, Triple D, I was a little bit worried about you in the last five minutes of the day, mm-hmm. but I figured you've been around for a while. You've seen these kind of moves and uh, you did okay. I was a little bit worried about me too when at, <laughs> right after the close it goes filled, 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 filled. And I was like, I just bought a lot of stuff. <laughs> so anyways, trying to do some quick hedging. There was not much to be hedged with because we know the SPY absolutely in the future is tanked right after four o'clock too. So wicked end of the quarter close. We were trading up. If you look at the charts around, Oh, just about a minute before the close, we're at 3.36 on SPY, and then they came in with their selling shoes on in the last two minutes, knocked us down to the close at 3.30.489. Then the selling party continued. We dropped another, and can you show this on the charts there? Just sure. so they know what you're talking about. 
And then we dropped another buck and a half in the next like minute after that. So we literally lost about 1% in about two minutes from like 358 to about 402. So call it four minutes, we lost about 1%. Um, obviously, a lot of people don't pay attention to that stuff. I do though. And I got filled long on a lot of stuff because I'm, I'm making markets, I'm doing some ARB. Um, and then you're scrambling around. You're like, oh, I got to get short some stuff to hedge myself out here. And it, and, it, and it ended up working out. I mean, some of the stuff I didn't, didn't even have to because the market bounced back in the next hour, but uh, Wicked sell off. Joel's going to show that. I'm just, he's still waiting to see that little bit of area there. Uh, boom, boom, boom. I'm going to go. I'm just going to yeah. yeah, go longer term. It's too Yeah, hard. you're not seeing it there because you've seen last night. This happened at 358 to about 402. Yes. And I, I just have no bearings with these shorter term charts here. Uh, but here, this is this is what you're talking about. You're talking about the we had to drop, pop the 33.60, and then that's when we made the low for the session. We rallied back up over 33.60, back down. So right here is this period where you're talking about going right into the close here. Yeah. We closed. They actually the spoos went out at uh, five o'clock at 33.39. But the quarterly ending price was thirty three fifty two, so it was just I don't know who was selling it. Wicked, you know? wicked seller. Who was selling? Why would someone? They, they were wrong. I was buying <laughs> because that's what I do. I'm the fade trader, so I was buying and it ended up working out. But for about five to ten minutes there, I was scrambling around thinking, yeah. "Oh, if this continues down, I'm gonna get run over." But Anyways, I'm sure there was a lot of other herbs that were uh, getting along a lot of stuff on the close there as well. So lots of gap downs on individual stocks as well in the last couple of minutes. You see this. It could have been jockeying against, you know, it could have been jockeying just end of the quarter. Usually, you know, when we talk about window dressing at the end of the quarter, they often jack them up. But this was not the case. Somebody wanted out and they wanted out in a bad way. And they got out. They got out at the close. So. They had all day to sell too. I mean, until two thirty-five, until that stimulus news came yeah. out. I mean, we—if you needed to sell that much, and the market was rallying that much. I mean, I—I'm not sure what these instant. I don't know if it was institutions or it was algorithms or whatever. But if you needed to unload, and you didn't—you know—you're looking for an average price of something. I mean, you had all day to do it. But uh, anyways, uh, pre-market high thirty-three eighty-eight. Uh, 50% retracement, 87 and a quarter. Dennis, you mentioned the 338 for the spider retracement. So very important level for the market to clear this morning. So lots of individual stock stories here. Um, I want to start, let, let's go start with DraftKings because this stock's really getting a lift here. I have sold out of all my DraftKings now so I can freely talk about it. I bought it last night because Needham gave it some love. Um, give us the Needham details, and then they also signed a deal here this morning, too. Yeah, so Needham uh, initiated DraftKings with a buy rating, gave it a $70 price target, and then uh, on the heels of that, DraftKings uh, announced that they're the official daily fantasy sports partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. We've seen this before. I think this is now the third or fourth NFL team that, that, that DraftKings have, has, has to deal with. I think they're, they've got to deal with the Raiders and, and the Giants. And, and I think we said this last time, but what's to stop these DraftKings and, and FanDuel and whomever, whomever from just announcing exclusive deals with every single why, – Why doesn't the NFL just make a deal? Well, I don't understand what's going on here. Everyone's able to make their own individual deals? Well – Sure. I mean, not all sponsorships are the same. There, you have league level sponsors. You have team level sponsors. 
Um, I mean, that's why I have different names across different stadiums because of the different sponsors. They're throwing so. a bone. This is what they're doing. The NFL is throwing a bone to the NFL owners because they're losing their you know what because of no fans no parking no concessions so this is what they're doing instead of doing a league well, i don't deal, think the nfl i completely disagree i don't think the nfl has anything to do with it i think this is just them going to the individual teams and obviously DraftKings is trying to market themselves to the extreme so they want their name everywhere so they're probably going to read i don't know if they're going to rename i think they gave them stadium rights too didn't they on this deal spencer oh i didn't see did they I thought I thought I heard that on CNBC. I didn't read the deal, but I thought I heard something about the stadium rights, like naming stadium. It could be the DraftKings Stadium. I wonder what the Detroit Lions deal is going to look like. <laughs> or the Jets. <laughs> Lions won last week, Joel. We got to stop picking on them. That was an upset. Those Lions pulled it out. I was expecting the 0-16 season here again, but we're not getting that, so... I, I, oh, I didn't. Oh, oh I, I know what you're referring to, Dennis. You're referring to there was like a they're naming a club basically, like oh the club, like yeah. a, it'll be the DraftKings Lounge, right? Okay, so I, I misheard that. I just heard it go by on CNBC something about yeah. naming rights, but naming the club. Yeah. So they have like you know how we have the at Tiger Stadium, where we have the Pepsi Lounge or or not Tiger Stadium. We don't have uh, Tiger Comerica. Stadium anymore. Yeah. <laughs> at Comerica, Joel. <laughs> Comerica. I'm still Copa. traditional. Copa. What, what's that lounge? Isn't the Pepsi Lounge we have up there? I don't know. Dennis sold at sixty-two bucks because that's the high. Of the day. I tried. I got out at. I got out multiple times. I was. I was lagging out of this one, so I lagged out of some in the high sixties, way too early. Why? And then, um, because I thought at four percent, I thought it was overdone. <laughs> Obviously, that party continued, so I just sold the rest of it up in the sixty-one seventies, and uh, up five percent. I mean, this was an overnight trade. I bought it because the rating, I thought it was worth a couple of a percent. And then it gets the, obviously the bonus of, you know, this deal and it's up 5%. I feel like that's priced in. With that being said, you want to talk longer term stock is making new all time highs. I mean, hard to argue with that. Um, hard to argue with taking 5% overnight, but also hard to argue with if you're long this thing right now. I mean, just keep bringing up your stops. The stock's exactly. firing on all cylinders. This story is not going away. I don't know if they're going to get a 5% pop every time they do a deal with another team, but they'll eventually become numb to that. But inevitably here, this stock is talked about in the media probably all day again, which continues to move it. We know the media, as they talk about them, they, get, they pop. The, the, the traders are looking at you know what's being talked about, and that's what they like to buy, and DraftKings being talked about today. 62 bucks. Just keep an eye on 62 today. That's my number of the day. Maybe you pop up it, go 62.70, 62.80. You come, someone has an opinion here at 62. They're, they're, they want to sell stock, so we'll see how that holds up during the regular session. Penn Gaming getting a little bit of a lift here. It bounced right back from that offering, and oh, I'm yeah. still long it. I, like I said, I almost got shaken out of it because the offering, but it did not even stay down there for a day. Ripped out of there. It's now $74. It's very close to new highs here as to uh, 76.62. Not as healthy as a DraftKings chart because DraftKings make new all-time highs, but looks pretty healthy still here as well. I'm sticking with it. I don't know if it's going to 100. I said originally I thought it was going to 100. It stalled out and had the offering, the dilution. And Portnoy, I'm a little bit nervous on the Portnoy thing because he's so now, if you look at his Twitter feed, it's 90% sports now. And as he stops talking about stocks more and starts talking about sports more, 
it, it makes me think that, you know, maybe the luster with, you know, the Dave Portnoy, day trading Dave Portnoy might come out of the stock a little bit. Again, obviously, the big thing is Barstool Sports here, and he is pumping Barstool Sports all the time. So I still like the story. I still stay, stay long. You know why you I didn't just don't get know out it's of, going to 100. Do you know why you didn't get out of that stock? Why? Because you didn't look at it. Probably. You were, doing, I mean, you were doing stuff during the day. And you, it's, I missed it the one day. Yeah, I was. And, and I, if you would have looked that. at it, you would have sold, sold it. it. I yep. mean, this goes to show you, it's so hard. And this is what I struggle with. It's so hard to separate, you know, your day short-term day trading. Like I really have three wheelhouses: short-term overnight day trading, swing trading, which is you know one to two to three weeks. I like the setup. I like the charts. My charts come in in the swing trading more, and then the long-term investing, where I'm buying something. I like the story. I'm going to stick with it for, you know, longer than a week. Um, I put the pen in the longer term account, so I'm not looking at it every day. If it was in my trading account, I probably would have sold hey, out hey, of it hey, hey, guys, a long listen, time ago. Hey, I need to interrupt you for a second, all right? Yeah. Uh, the fire alarm in the building is going off right now, okay? <laughs> I'm not joking. I don't know if you can hear it. Are me. you supposed to evacuate? Yeah, microphone. Yeah. Don't burn down, Spencer. So they're saying that we need to leave. So here's what's, here's what's going to happen, all right? Man, Spencer uh, will do anything to get out of work. Running. He's going to keep the show running. He's out of work. Hey, Man, a, I'm done with you, Spencer. I, 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 a I fire just, alarm. I, I just made Mitch the, the, the host of, of the Zoom, uh, and we have Mark Chaykin in the background. He can he can join in a couple of minutes, but uh, – Spencer's got to leave. I, I need to. There leave goes the news desk. So if you see the Benzinga Pro news go quiet like, for a like, couple so minutes you, because you, of the. You can see on my screen, you can see the light flashing. I need to get out of here. I think so. I'll I'll be back. I hope. Um, but do you have a long cord? Can you bring your headset? If we start seeing the fire, can we leave go. the video on? Leave the video on though. Oh. I want to see the fire burn. Right, I'll leave the video on. But leave I, the video I, on because if we start seeing the flames, then we can call and say, "Hey, we know where it is. It's in right. the Benzinga Pro office." Okay, I'm going. It's burning going. down right here on 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 the live podcast. All right, bring Mark on, and I'm I'm going. Mitch, okay, go, Spencer. The- leave the video on. I want to see the fire. All right, guys. Let's go ahead and let's get Mark on is here. Mark there. Let's bring Mark. Let's promote to panelist. I don't think I don't think there there's no go. fire alarms over there. There he is. Nice pick of him. The Maybe one and only. On Can we get the video? Yeah, going? Mark. Where's your video? We'll, we'll get him on right now. He's he's probably setting it up right now. All right, guys. Like always, guys. Definitely hit the like if you guys like Spencer running out like a fire. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> hit the like, guys. Oh, Mark's on mute. We got to get Mark off mute. You might have to unmute him. I don't know if he can unmute him. No, I'm good. Here oh, we here you go. All right, there Mark, he is. So over. I don't know if you were watching, but we just lost Spencer because there's a I fire did. alarm going off in, in the Benzinga Pro office, apparently. What time did he leave? <laughs> and he had to evacuate, but he left it going. So, you know, we're just watching for flames over there. But there's been some flames in this market, too, and some stocks are hot here, Mark Chaykin. What are you watching? Well, I like the market. Two weeks ago, we said it was a two-way market. We would look for a sell-off into late September, early October, and look to buy the tech stocks uh, at support. And that's exactly what happened. And I still like the same names. I'm not uh, going too far off uh, because they're working. Adobe, NVIDIA, Intech, uh, FedEx, I call that old economy, new economy, and Lowe's to get a piece of the uh, do-it-yourself and home-buying market. So those are my four large cap names that I really like here. What, um, l- well, let's, let's look in details out a few of those, you know, cause obviously just gave us four symbols. So where do you want to start? Let's start with one of those stocks. Well, let's we'll start with them. Nvidia because that really is the new economy in so many different ways. Uh, we bottomed out in the f- um, 
570 area, mm-hmm. rather the um, 470. 470 area. Uh, we're back up to what was Susquehanna's target of 550. In August, Susquehanna came out with a target of 550 right ahead of earnings. The stock had been under 500. Spiked all the way up there, and then earnings came out. They were good. And Bank of America raised their estimate uh, price target to 650, which was quite a bit uh, above, and that ended up coinciding with the peak in the stock. You get three brokerage firms recommending higher prices on the same day, especially when they're late to the party. Mm-hmm. But we've had a really good cleanse in the stock. They're further along on the um, ARM deal, uh, roughly $40 billion buying that from SoftBank. The Why perception is that's really... Mark, Mark made a comment. Well, we're on the line with Mark Chaikin of Chaikin Analytics. Joins the show every every two weeks to give his technical and fundamental outlooks on the market. You said Nvidia is the new economy. Could you you touch on that? Explain on that. Well, it's gaming. Uh, that's obviously grown uh, very strongly during the COVID uh, distancing. It's um, artificial intelligence that drives everything from cars to web traffic to to web uh, commerce. It makes the um, GPU hardware for data center units. It's self-driving cars. They've got a uh, self-driving car project with Mercedes-Benz. In fact, NVIDIA arguably is the only alternative to Tesla in the self-driving car area. Their artificial intelligence software is so powerful. So I just view this as a company with a lot of tentacles in fast-growing markets. And uh, my only doubt is, is that ARM acquisition as good as people think it is. When I what made me nervous is that they were saying that um, NVIDIA could now um, perhaps surpass Intel. Well, you know, Intel's sort of a stodgy grower, but let's assume that getting into the chip market for smartphones is a good thing. And uh, I think we're in real. You know, you know another reason why you can't be short this stock? I mean, you can if you want, but you know an- another reason? I'd love to know it. Stock split. Yeah, you know what? He's right. Yeah. This, if this, they announce a split, and this one, you know, is is one that very much, very well could, the stock would take off too. I they mean, go- we saw we saw a utility stock NEE tried to do it. They didn't get any pop off at all. We saw McKesson try to or, or McCormick try to do it, and they didn't really get a pop off at it all either. But I mean, if Nvidia did it the thing would rip a hundred points. I bet you you. would think, but uh, let's be careful for our viewers out there. This split mania and the resulting spike moves in the stock was all part of that Robin hood, Dave Portnoy um, mini bubble in August that drove these tech stocks to just crazy prices. So it was a combination of, you know, the rooms like stock twits and, Dave Portnoy and the small options buyers buying short dated out of the money options, putting pressures on dealers that really made those things. That split syndrome and mania may go away. You got to be. Oh, there's a good point. I mean, I've never seen, I've always seen stocks strong after announcing a stock split and show relative strength. Just not like that. It got just silly. I mean, Tesla and Apple, Tesla ripping up, you know, like 60%, you know, after the split was just insanity. So I kind of agree with you that maybe it got overdone. So maybe what I'm saying, a video could pop a hundred points. You're, you're making a very, very good point that it probably doesn't uh, get the love that Tesla and Apple did. Yeah. And, and uh, also I've been keeping an eye on the, uh, 
pre-stock split price, you know, the day before, and it was August 25th for both of them. And I believe it was, no, it was August 28th. And interestingly, uh, Tesla is hanging in there. Uh, That was 442.68, and it went to 500, of course, had to dip to 330. So that's interesting. Uh, But Apple, not the same. Uh, for Apple, that has been a really good area of resistance. For Apple, I believe that came in at 124.58. So, just keeping an eye on uh, you know longer term numbers for that. That's a major hurdle uh, for Apple. I believe it was right around this day. What was the closing price on August 25th? Uh, for a reference point, and then uh, Mark, you could. What was the next stock that you mentioned? Adobe. Uh, well, let's pass on Adobe because everybody knows the story there. But FedEx is really my poster child for the old economy, new economy. And I've said on this show for the past six weeks that as long as FedEx holds an uptrend, this market's in good shape. And when you look at the daily chart, uh, FedEx really perform well even in September. Very little opportunity to buy a dip. We got about a three-day dip in the stock, which we jumped on uh, perhaps on this show, but in interviews that we've been doing. Uh, This stock is a company that's delivering the stuff from Bed Bath & Beyond, from Overstock, uh, even from Amazon. Uh, And you've got to love this stock. And, you know, if we revert back to a strong reopening trade, uh, who benefits but FedEx? So right now, I think it's a, a perfect storm in a good way for FedEx. 260 is big in this. Uh, actually, I know it's not making a new all-time high, but you bumped up against uh, 260 uh, in July of 2018, and then you just revisited it a couple days ago. But if uh, a reopening trade, what did that? What did people start going to the store instead of getting stuff delivered? Wouldn't that be bad for FedEx? I, I view reopening trade as manufacturing improving as opposed to tech and, you know, the, um, the internet economy stocks. So if, if we get manufacturing and we get more, um, you know, just industrial and material type stocks moving up, then FedEx has got a benefit. No fire, Spencer? No, no fire, oh. Spencer? He's back. He's on he's mute. Not mute. He's, uh, he's yeah, all flustered no, no, here. No, no, no fires. <laughs> but then I got locked out of the office. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he's back. We had a fire alarm. Spencer had to leave, but he's back. Yeah, I want to take it back to you, Mark, here uh, with FedEx. I'm long FedEx, but I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking, wow, it's up 80% in the last three months. And this is FedEx. This isn't some small little tech stock. This is a huge move. At what point do you say most of this good news is priced in? Well, that's a good point. And I think you can actually extend it to the market. I think that FedEx will hold up and hang up as long as the stock market is in a strong uptrend. Uh, The 260, 280 area, I think, is an area where I would probably take profits. I don't think this is a stock you need to hold for five years because it's more sensitive to the economy. But it also speaks to what the broad market is likely to do potentially. And I think 3,600 on the S&P is going to be pretty hard to beat. So what? sort of building on the theme from two weeks ago, we wanted to buy weakness, but we were also prepared to sell strength, any spikes that come into the market. So for instance, a lot of yesterday's price movement was driven by uh, the ups and downs of the stimulus bill. Also 
quarter end, as you know, uh, and month end activity rebalancing toward the end of the day. But I believe that if you get a stimulus bill and you get a big spike in the market, that it's a selling opportunity, especially for traders. So uh, I, I agree with you. You want to identify some levels on NVIDIA. It might be up in the above 600. I think it peaked at 597, so above 600. But I do think the S&P is going to have a harder time uh, exceeding that reference high of 3,600. And by the way, the NASDAQ has regained its relative strength to the S&P. Everybody was flogging that shortfall in terms of tech underperforming and value outperforming. Those things never last long in this environment. Mark had a question from a Twitter follower, Toro. He wanted to know about Workhorse and Tesla. I'm going to throw you Tesla here because I know you cover it and watch it closely. We just talked briefly about the, the split. But what do you see? What's Mark, what, what, what do you see here in the Tesla chart? I see a bullish power gauge rating. I see a nice uh, higher bottom on that sell-off to 350 last week. And I see a stock that can probably move up to, um, to 500. Uh, either ahead of or after the earnings that are due out on October 23rd. Analysts raising their estimates. You know, analysts uh, are now a much more bigger factor than uh, Elon Musk is in the stock, which is interesting. Yesterday, Musk said, you know, Tesla's overpriced at these, maybe overvalued at these levels, but five years from now, uh, I think it's going to be higher. Uh, and the stock didn't react negatively to that. So I think you could see 500 again in Tesla. As with the S&P, I'd be willing to sell spikes in a lot of these stocks, even the ones that I like for longer term, especially as we head into the election. Quick thoughts. Sure. Quick thoughts. I just want to get one more stock uh, from you, and then I'll let Spencer, he was going to think and jump in there. But I want to get your thoughts on Nikola. Um, this is a stock that has obviously been in the news almost every day. We know Trevor Milton being thrown out and lots of personal allegations against him as well. Uh, they signed the deal with GM and then now they don't know if the deal is going to go through. They're trying to finalize the deal. The stock has been going straight down, but the last couple of days started to show a little bit of life here. Thoughts on NKLA. Power gauge turned bearish uh, two weeks ago with the stock at about 26 and I think it's, it's damaged goods, and I never like to step into damaged goods. Uh, nobody knows. It could be Theranos. You know, it, it, the fact that GM didn't go ahead with the deal is proof enough that this is not a clean deal. So uh, there are other electric car companies that you could be looking at that look better on the charts. Um, NEO is one of them. In fact, NEO made a new all-time high yesterday. Yeah. So I think quietly. some of the exciting, uh, you know, some of the hot money that was in uh, Nikola is probably going into Neo now. All right. Excellent. Hey, Mark, I just want to ask you a question on biotech services. I saw that you guys put out that the power bar ratio um, for the X. BI has outperformed by 14% the S&P and is now looking very weak. What do you think about stocks like INO, APLS, and these pharmaceutical stocks that have been running? Well, these stocks uh, actually trade um, less as a group than they do on individual names. So I think you have to look for the stocks that have bullish fundamentals, clear cuts. So Alexion is a stock that we've liked for quite a while. Amgen has 
a bullish rating. That's the largest biotech stock. But in general, biotech has gone through, I'd say, a, a six to eight week consolidation. Some of the stronger names that we've liked, like Vertex, um, are trading under their long-term moving averages. If you looked at it purely from a technical point of view, Motley Fool loves Vertex, by the way, as a long-term holding. But that hasn't stopped the stock from selling off from 300 to 255 and breaking all the technical trends that we think are important. So Power Gauge turned neutral in July with a stock above 280, underperforming the market since July and under its long-term trend line, unable to you know, establish a pattern of higher highs and higher lows, which would at least be a, an inkling. Um, so I, biotech is not something that I'm wild about here. Even Regeneron got a good uh, set of test results on a uh, COVID vaccine. And that really hasn't uh, responded well, still under its long-term trend. INO, bearish rating and shaken uh, since it broke the 15, 50, 15, 60 level, and don't see any reason to be in that name. Uh, Mark, one more from our chat. He's asking, uh, in one of Pepsi's earnings this morning, do you like Coke or Pepsi, the stock, not the product? I like Pepsi. Okay. And have, did like it going into the earnings. Uh, does not have a bullish rating, has a neutral rating. There's, there's very little in consumer staples other than Monster Beverage that has a bullish rating. I think if I was going to buy one stock in that group, it would be Monster. And by the way, I'm long Monster, long NVIDIA, long Lowe's, long FedEx, wow. uh, and long Vertex. So, um, uh, but Monster is a stock that really, really does well. All right, um, Mark Chaikin is the founder of Chaikin Analytics. You, can, uh, you should check out that platform. It's got a really good uh, ETF and, and stock research tool. A lot of data there. Mark, thanks as always for the time. Uh, be well, guys, and we'll, we're, t we're two weeks closer to uh, liftoff after the uh, yeah, election. That, that, so. Two weeks closer. It can come soon enough. Thanks a lot, uh, Mark. Yeah. Now, did you comment on the debate, or did you leave that to uh, the political the comment, the comment was... Um, no comment. Whoa. And then. No. Whoa, Nelly. <laughs> Whoa, Nelly. As Reagan would have said. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thanks a lot, Mark. Be we well. See you in a couple of weeks. All right. What I was going to say before I was so rudely interrupted by that fire alarm back when we were talking about DraftKings, uh, are you guys excited to trade the new SPAC ETF that launches today? What do you got? What do you got for me? I got SPAK is your ticker. S-P-A-K, Defiance Next Generation SPAC Derived ETF. Yep. So What's going on there? It's 80% post-mergers, 20% pre-mergers back. So the largest holdings in it right now are going to be DraftKings, which is the largest by a little bit. DraftKings, Clarivate, Vertiv, Virgin Galactic is going to be in there. And then you've got – like I mentioned, it's 20% non uh, pre merger companies. So you do have some SPACs that are just the SPACs. Uh, but this is a new tool. What's the offering price on this? Well, it's an ETF. So I, uh, do we know? I don't know what it's going to open at. Um, okay. It's got a, if you care about such things, expense ratio of 0.45%. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I do not know where it, where it will. Back attack. 
But we have a SPAC ETF launching today. There you go. Fun. You can arbitrage your DraftKings. You know what uh, I want? I've started to pick on a few of these. Um, I, I bought uh, I bought Ackman's yesterday just because I was like, you know what? It's just hanging out here. I know it was like underwritten at like 20 or whatever or not underwritten or What's whatever What's the symbol say. on that? It's P-S-T-H. But it's just been hanging out and doing nothing. It's been out there for about ah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, about 15 days now. I've just been doing nothing. But you got to think like, Ackman's probably going to do a pretty cool deal. So I just think it's sitting here and I think it was 20. Like, I think that was the pricing on it or, uh, uh, and uh, you know, it's trading in the 22. So it's kind of done nothing. I just think, and, and also Andrew left said it on our show a couple of days ago. He's like, oh, maybe you just sit on that one. Cause it's Ackman. I mean, that's what I'm doing. So I bought some of this. I'm just going to sit on it and hoping he does a good deal sometime. So it's gonna, it's not like a play that's going to just pop off. It's still waiting for a deal. Obviously, Ackman might take his time. He could be sitting here six months and maybe it doesn't do anything. But I think eventually he'll do something that makes sense. And Ackman obviously is loved by the market, at least at this point in time. He was hated before, but he's loved now. So PSTH, I'm, I'm sitting on it. Threw it in the long-term account, going to not look at it and hopefully not trade out of it. <laughs> All right, 8.32, do we want to do uh, earnings? Do we want to do stimulus and airlines? Do we want to do – there's a lot of news this morning. Let's get the uh, earnings out of the way. Get the earnings out of the way. Well, I mentioned Pepsi, uh, you know, consumer staples, not too exciting, a beat and a beat on their uh, Q3. And as far as forward-looking guidance, they guided uh, organic revenue growth at 4%. They gave an EPS number that was above estimates there. Uh, so beat to beat and good guidance for Pepsi, not super exciting there. Uh, but I, I guess, and I, you know, Joel, why don't you do one at a time and then I'll, I'll do the, the other two. Okay. Uh, Pepsi, <clears throat> high of the day, maybe in. You got to 142, really nothing up there. Uh, major, if you get through there and you want to really hold out for 144, go ahead. But you've already backed off over $2. I think if you're looking to get out of this on a rally, I don't know where the paper is. We haven't been over 140 in a while. I'd even keep an eye short term here on this 140.31 high. And if it can't get through there, then we may roll over. At 142, it just looks like uh, someone's pretty intent on selling this. Hard to find support here. I guess if you want to use short-term support, and I mean really short-term support, I'll call it 139. You've got Bed Bath & Beyond. I think this speaks to just how no one had any idea what to expect because their EPS number was way off from the estimate there. EPS, they actually made 50 cents per share last quarter versus a 23 cent loss estimate. Most of that obviously coming from uh, online sales, which grew 88%, but uh, sales beat, EPS beat, stocks up 16%. Oh. Um, I, I think just people just did not know, analysts did not know how to price these things or, or, or how to... Uh, estimate these things you've seen a comeback in a lot of these retailers that were left for dead and you know we've left them for dead on the show too and they've just been rolling back i mean your l brands continues to go joel um and you know bed bath and beyond same story like i mean stocks like kohl's and macy's just do not stop going down nordstrom same thing i mean these are just awful charts i mean nordstrom's 11 dollars kohl's oh. is 18 dollars now and you've got you know, but then you look here and you think, um, you know, Bed Bath and Beyond and Al Brands, why do they give them passes? 
I don't get it. Maybe it's a short squeeze that there's higher short interest on some of these. I don't know. I, I, I don't understand it whatsoever. The separation between mall retailers like, you know, an Al Brands and a Bed Bath & Beyond and Kohl's and Macy's. And there's really no I don't understand the separation. Maybe they're smaller, but they're not that much smaller stores. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. There's really no rhyme or reason, right? There isn't. Because, I, because... I've been trying to figure it out, Joel, and I don't get it. Uh, let's see. All about 18 bucks here. Uh, monthly high, December of 2019. The activists are getting really involved, and this is going to be a great activist stock. You got to 17.79, and then, boom, you turned around. Went to 3.43, and now you're back. You, you sniffed 18. Pre-market high comes in exactly at 18.12. I just got to keep an eye on 18 here. Uh, is major resistance. You take out 18, sure, 18 and a half, 19, but uh, I don't know. I think a lot of people probably also, I don't know how much the options are traded on something like this. I don't know what the short interest is, but 18 sticking out like a sore thumb to me in that I, one. I'm sure there is some run reason. It, it could have to do with uh, e-commerce growth or percentage of sales from from online. But And Bed Bath & Beyond, there's a good point there because their e-commerce growth was huge. I mean, so a lot of people buying that stuff online. Why well, can't Kohl's and Nordstrom? I guess maybe they're just so, the stores are so big. Maybe, maybe that's the issue. Like the big department stores, you think there's the big three: there's Macy's, of the, the publicly traded ones, Macy's, Kohl's, and Nordstroms. And these stocks just get no love at all. I mean, Nordstroms have been straight down for about eight nine days. No life with any market rally whatsoever. Kohl's same story. I mean, these are just ugly charts, and they look like they're on the death march. Um, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I kind of get that, but I don't get why the separation. So maybe it's that, you know, e-commerce growth, and people are grasping onto that to try to justify the moves. But Bed Bath and Beyond and L Brands are all of a sudden loved. I, I, I don't know why. I don't know why either. All right, from coronavirus to Corona beer. Constellation Brands, STZ reported also this morning. Uh, they had a good quarter. Earnings per share at $2.76 versus a $2.50 estimate. Sales 2.26 versus $2.19 billion. So a beat and a beat. I did not see any guidance that they gave. I don't think they gave any guidance. Uh, regardless, stock is up, what, 1% this morning? little pop. Everybody drinks more in a pandemic. Isn't that what they say? Um, up two bucks. I don't know. You get up to 196, 197, you run into resistance, but this is in the middle of nowhere here. Uh-oh. Joel, check your mic. I think you might, you may have come uh, come loose. We just got Joel a fancy new headset. It's it's amazing, but I think it's, it's been it, sounding great all show. I think it just came loose there. Check the uh, the connection. Okay, let's go next stock. I want to bring. Can we bring Mitch back on here a second with Workhorse? Because sure. I was saying. To, to, Toro wanted to know a Twitter follower about Workhorse as well. I want to throw this to Mitch because he's our Workhorse. He brought us Workhorse back when it was $3. He follows the story very closely. And he was talking earlier about the possibility of a stock offering here. Um, Mitch, come on. Uh, come on the show you. here. And All right, guys. Um, so one of the biggest things that I saw in Workhorse was a note that was put out in 2019 that is supposed to come into play on October 1st. Um, so today is that day where they'll go ahead and make that decision if they're going to go ahead and they have about 3 million of it that can be converted into shares. 
Um, what was really concerning also is director selling yesterday, uh, 50,000 shares at 2614. Um, so I'll definitely be watching that price point today to see if it can get back above that. That would be a good sign for WKHS. A bad sign would be for it to start breaking down these lows and heading down. That would be maybe a sign that they're gonna be converting into shares. Um, of course, this is all kind of more forward looking as we haven't had the release from Workhorse. So what I would do is definitely just keep an eye on that 25 price point. I saw it break that yesterday. And as soon as it came back above it, it did get some buyers, some bag buyers there. Um, I would be looking for that 25 today to break down. And we'll see when they release the news today. Um, director selling uh, definitely kind of to me, gives me a little bit more of a sign uh, that he's expecting maybe the price to kind of consolidate here or come down a little bit. Uh, so you're you're saying there's a convertible note, and I'm not following the story, but I'm just trying to uh, yeah, summarize yeah, what you're saying. There's a convertible note coming due today that either needs to uh, that that can be converted into shares that they'll have the option to convert them into shares. So yeah, it could be some potential dilution. From a, PR, from a PR on June 30th, I'll just read you straight from the PR. Sure. So uh, $70 million in senior security convertible notes. Uh, the, uh, I'll just read from here. Uh, issued in December 2019, senior to all other debt is convertible into common stock by, the, by investors at $19 per share. Uh, the note matures on July 1st, 2023. It contains a 4.5% annualized coupon rate to be paid quarterly, either in cash or stock beginning today, October 1st, that's what Mitch was referring to. So all that means is potential for dilution is what that's gotcha. with that. That's it. And that's what I look for guys. At the end of the day, I look for future catalysts and maybe the story to get held up here a little bit. Remember, we're still waiting on the USPS contract here where they, you know, when we had this, uh, the executive from the show, I don't remember if the CEO or not, Steve but we had Steve Schrader on the show who was, what? What is he? Is he the CEO? He was a yeah, CEO, yeah. Yeah, we had the CEO on, and he wouldn't obviously tip his hand on whether he thinks they're going to get that contract or not. The contract is worth a ton of money. So if Workhorse gets that contract, it is going to blast off. If they do not get that contract, the stock is going to get hit. So it's still a bit of a binary event here. We don't know when that's going to get announced. I'm sure Mitch is watching the story closely, though, because he's our Workhorse trader. Uh, I'll give you my potential target for the release. Potential target for me would be the second week of October, um, giving it a week into uh, kind of getting through this up and down dilution phase. And I know that by, I believe, uh, I have to be certain about this one, but by the 14th, that release should come out. What, why do you say that? Um, they have a limit to the time that they can take to release the, the contract. Okay. All right. Good to know. We'll keep an eye out for the next few weeks uh, for that headline. Um, all right. What else was on our list here? There was a lot on our list this morning. Um, I want to talk Boeing. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. it got uh, a lot of Kramer love yesterday and the stock was up and it gave it back with the overall market towards the end of the day. But last night on Mad Money, he did a whole segment on yes. Boeing and Kramer said, I can't believe I'm going to say it, but you need to buy Boeing right now. So, and the stock is up $5 here today. Main reason, obviously market helping it a bit, but main reason, Kramer well, love last it, it night. Wasn't, it wasn't just Kramer because you had the, the head of the FAA take that flight. Remember we said that. But that was during the day. That wasn't after hours. 
that right. information didn't come out after hours. So that was already priced in. So this is all Kramer here. Like, so, so here's, you know, and I, I specialize in trading news. I mean, the people who, you know, say you can't make money trading news, don't know what the hell they're talking about. I make money trading news every day. And that the FAA stuff was, was came out during the day. So that would have been the pop during the day, but that doesn't explain the after hours $5 pop. When Kramer, he, and he was pumping it earlier, and, 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 and traders kind of knew it. He said it early in the morning, actually, too. He said it yesterday morning that he was going to do a piece on Boeing um, tonight. So there was a little bit of speculation with that happening, too, which tonight, which would have been last night. Um, but when you, when you have you know, a stock that's widely followed like Boeing, and it's waiting for somebody to give it a vote of confidence, and Jim Kramer comes out, and says, you need to buy, but he doesn't, he'll say, oh, I like it. You know, he'll say, yeah, buy, buy, buy. Does it? He flat out said, I want you to buy Boeing right now. And that is the vote of confidence that needed it. Blast off two more points oh, when he you, said that. Why didn't you tell me last night? I would have bought it last night. What are you talking about? Uh, why didn't you tell me? Then I would have bought it. And then I would have, never mind. Uh, if, uh, never mind. If I'm Kramer's saying it's up because yeah. of Kramer from last night. So, yeah. So if, yeah, uh, obviously if, you know, and I kind of had an inkling that he was going to talk about it. So I was long some Boeing because he had said it in his morning show from yesterday morning. So just backing it all the way up to yesterday morning, he said that he was going to do a piece on Boeing and then he was, and he was talking kind of positively with it. So I kind of guessed that he was going to do a positive piece on Boeing on Mad Money. I bought the stock. Um, right at the close because I expect the positive piece and obviously it started popping up. And I think more people, because it was already trading higher before I even did the piece. Yeah. And then he did the piece and just blasted off. It went from like 168 to like one, it came on and it kind of advertised. He said he was going to talk Boeing and it was 167. And then it blasted off to like 169 and then it kind of settled in. And then he said, and he actually said the piece and flat out, but he said, buy Boeing right now. And the stock blasts off over 170. So obviously Jim Cramer is like an analyst. When he says something like that, it's like an upgrade. So, and it trades like an upgrade. And that's why Boeing is trading up here too this morning. Uh, gosh, it's just, it's so, God, there's so many buy the dippers out there. And it, it's so easy to like fall into that trap of, oh, well, I'll just buy it and wait for it to go back up. But it doesn't have to do that, you know? So it, it's hard not to fall into that trap of, oh, it was, it's 165 now. It was at 350 a year ago. I mean, I could just buy it and, and wait for it to go back to back there, but it doesn't have to do that. So not every stock comes back. Yeah. Is Boeing going back to 350? Not anytime soon. Yeah. Can Boeing go to 180? It's so easy to look at the chart though and be like, oh, I'm getting such a discount. It's uh, that's what people do. I mean, that's what people do. And that's why the majority of my, people lose money in the markets. I and mean, you know, you won't see that on Twitter, but the majority of people lose money. And the reason is they're always want to be buying, oh, stock's down 10 bucks. I got to buy that. It's got to come back. But we know in this market, it's paid to buy the leaders, not the laggards. I mean, if you're saying this on Kohl's and Nordstrom's and Macy's, you know, you could have been saying this on Macy's for the last decade and saying, oh, Macy's is cheap at $30. It used to be $80. And now it's cheap at $25. And now it's cheap at 20. And now it's cheap at 15. Now it's cheap at 10. Now it's five bucks. So, but you won't hear anything about the person who's sitting with Macy's and they have it in their long-term account that they bought it at 30 and it's sitting at five because that person on Twitter doesn't talk about that position or, or they all their winning at, positions. Or they bought it at, at 30, maybe not Macy's, but they bought it at 30, it's at 35, five years later, right? And you've made $5 for five years. I mean, yeah, there's a point to be made there too. I mean, you can make money on something. It can still be a pretty bad trade when you see, you know, what other stocks have done. We were talking about Micron too, you know, and you think about Micron, sure, maybe about Micron, 
um, in, you know, maybe 10 or back during the tech bubble, maybe you picked it up at 30 or $40. In 20 years, you made 15 bucks. And if you bought it earlier than that, it was at 90 and you're down. I mean, the stocks that seem to lag just continue to lag forever. It's always paid to buy the leaders, not the laggards. And people naturally, I do it too. I mean, everybody does it. You think, oh, wow, that's cheap stock. I want to buy that because, you know, it's going to come back eventually. And you know what? Some of them do, some of them don't. Kraft Heinz has never come back. KHC has been a dog. It was $80 or $90. It's 29 bucks. You know, here's a stock that you think, oh, you get a nice dividend. Well, they cut the dividend. You know, and now it's back up to a 5.3% yield because the stock has just come down that far. But it's about, this market has all been about a story for a long time. Andrew Left has said it. Mitch has been saying it. I've been saying it. This market doesn't care about valuation. It doesn't care that the stock is cheap. It only cares about a story. Andrew Left, who's a lot smarter than I am, said on our show, that's the only thing that matters is story. And it's true. In trading, it's the story that matters. It's why Tesla can trade at the valuation it does because it doesn't matter valuation of that stock. All that matters is the story. If the story cools off and the story breaks, that's when you know stocks start to collapse and valuation can start to matter. But when the story's hot, valuation matters a zero. Uh, one more thing on, on, on Kramer, uh, moving away from Boeing though, uh, Salesforce. He, they had that announcement yesterday during the day in the morning that there's going to be a sort of a special announcement on mad money mm-hmm. at the Salesforce. Uh, and that was the catalyst for the stock during the day. The actual announcement was uh, related to the, uh, the, the pandemic, the virus the, that the Salesforce has a tech platform. that's going to uh, help with distribution of the vaccine when we, when we get that. Um, Dennis, you weren't you, impressed. You were noting that Salesforce is actually down, down relative to the queues this morning, but that it's was come back now. Yeah, and it's still down relative. The queues are up 1.6%, and this is yeah. still trading up only uh, 1.3%, so a little bit of a lagger. But Salesforce does have a, uh, it doesn't quite keep up with the queues a lot of times. It's a little bit lower beta. Um, I, I, it's a nice, you know, it, it's had a nice run. I mean, I don't know what to say about Salesforce. Maybe we should bring Joel in if Joel's mic is working here. I'm not sure if it is yet. I think Joel's with us. Joel, are you with us? Testing, testing. Oh, yeah, he's back. All right, we got you. Yeah. New headset problems. No, I, what I've do you ta- think of Salesforce? I've been telling you. Well, first of all, I've been telling you it's a sound card. I need a new sound card. But uh, let me take a look at Salesforce.com here. CRM. Uh, Tough chart. That's why I threw it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. What to do I with mean, we're trading up three twenty-one. I mean, there's no. There's no clear resistance in here. If you're looking for, uh, wow, we're at 254.63. What was yesterday's high? 255.41. There you go. You want some continuation move on this one? Then get through 255.41. If not, I bet look for it to, you know, roll over. That's the next next daily resistance. What more could you ask for? Not performing well. I mean, compared to the market on a daily basis, it's not up there. I don't like it. All right. I see you in the chat. People talking, asking about Palantir, PLTR. So we'll go there. That was the one of the two direct listings from yesterday, along with mm-hmm. Asana. Open for trade at $10. What was the high of the day? Uh, 11 something, right? 11.33. Yeah. Uh, hanging around 99.80 right now. Uh, all in all, it, most the orderly day considering these direct listings can be volatile because there is no institutional support 
uh, from the uh, there are no underwriters. There's no, they're not raising yeah, any money. That's a good so, point. So these these draft listing days can be weird. I saw a report from CNBC that I guess uh, some Palantir insiders were having problems logging into the Morgan Stanley uh, platform to sell their shares. Uh, but all in all, it seems like a pretty orderly day for for both. I just say 10 bucks is a big psychological level for any stock and that it fell below $10 isn't a great sign. It needs to get back up over 10. It's getting a little lift here with the overall market this morning, but until it's can back up over 10 bucks and we only have one day to trade off of it. So it's difficult, but it's just such a big, you know, psychological level. People like, you know, don't like seeing stocks under 10 bucks. It's a psychological thing. They don't like seeing the single digit. And I think you need to get it back up over 10 bucks or this thing could continue to leak. Joel, I'm not sure if you have thoughts on one day's worth of trading. <laughs> thoughts tough. on one, one day's <laughs> worth of trading uh, needs to stay green. Yeah. It's up 29 cents. Yeah, that too. Yeah, if it, if it goes red, then uh, look, look for yesterday's low of uh, what was yesterday's low? 9-11. Can't get much simpler than that. It just doesn't look like it wants to uh, go. And if you want to be uh, – Take uh, one out of the book from Kenny Glick here. You know, put your buy stop at uh, 11.42 or 11.50, and it breaks above there, then go with it. Right now, looking a little bit weak. Dennis, did you sell your Neo? Who wants to know that? Wester no. wants to know that. No, I'm still long it. It's concerning that it stopped right at 22.5, which is obviously a strike. Um, you know, the 20, 22.5, and going with the Kenny Glick thing. I'm somewhat concerned that it stopped at 22 and a half. I want to see it get back up over that. Um, it's showing a little bit of strength here today. It's been a good run. I mean, it's not unreasonable to think it could cool off a little bit because it's, you know, went from 17 or $18 in two and a half days to 22. So it's a big move. So could it cool off for a day or two? I, I don't think the story is over here. I, like I was saying, you got Tesla, a pure electric car plays that are actually producing electric cars. You got Tesla and Neo. And I think the money continues to come in this. So I'm sticking with Neo. I stuck with it for a long time. So I don't want to stick with it after it just broke out for the first day. I don't want to sell too early. So I'm sticking with it for now. I would not want to see it back under 20, but it's still, it was a nice day yesterday. I wish it would have closed stronger. Yeah, if you want to play it a little bit closer to the belt, uh, you had um, your two-day close. Uh, that would be uh, today's Thursday's. Tuesday's close at 2085. Uh, that sell-off yesterday stopped at 2076. So the former old-time high close and the daily low, boom, right there together. So, you know, Dennis, you're talking about under 20. If you don't want to, you know, if you're looking for a little whoosh here, a little sell, goes through this uh, 2080 area. I see they, I, next daily low comes in at 1871. So you're going to hit some rough sled in here if 2080 doesn't hold. And then someone named Neo in the Benzinga.com chat wants to know about PDD, Pinot Duo, or Pinduo Duo. I don't know if I said What's that. the symbol? PDD. PDD. It's a Chinese. Uh, I trade it all the time. Chinese e-commerce. It's come back. It's come significantly down from, obviously, you know, when it just got silly. I would say you're starting to base here a little bit. And if you want to take a flyer, it's okay. I just would not want to see you make a new low on the move. You have three, four lows in the same area. So 72.15 would be my bogey. If I'm going to say I'm going to buy this at 75, I'm risking three bucks. It takes out 72. 
I don't want to see it make a new low on the move because this little concerning downtrend that we just started is concerning. But overall, when you go to the weeklies, we are still in an overall uptrend. So this could be a healthy pullback and a strong stock. I kind of like it here. But again, so I'm, if I'm set up the trade. If you buy here at 75 this morning, I do not want to own this under 72. I'm risking three bucks to try to see if this can get back up to 80. But I kind of like it. Absolutely hands off on the long side until it could clear 76. Hold 76 for at least three closes. You have a big seller from 75 and a half to 76, keeping a lid on that until I'd, be, I'd rather buy it on strength than try and pick a bottom here. Your next monthly low comes in at 64.80. Ace is uh, in the chat here. He's yep. chanting about. I, I'm going there. I was going there. PIC. Now. I just seen so many PICs coming at me. Yeah, this is. I'm this is a SPAC that is merging with XL Fleet. I don't know much about XL Fleet other than I believe it is another electric truck, truck company, is it not? That's correct. Uh, I, I don't even know if there is a closing date. I know the closing date is in, mm. in Q4, but I don't know when in Q4. So it's expected to close sometime in this quarter. I don't know if there's a date though on that. It's another hope trade on an EV play. Yeah. Um, it, it's tough. These are tough plays. One thing I will say is these things tend to hold above their $10 pricing. I mean, we've seen before where they come through, but I know Mitch is still doing some research and we got to get him on here, but um, to talk that research on SPACs, these are SPAC, uh, these are SPAC man. But I, I think as long as it's holding above 10, maybe you take a shot, but this is speculative capital only. All these SPACs, they should call them SPACs because for the most part, these should, shouldn't be like your you know, blue chip holdings here this should be money you can only afford to lose because some of these are going to work out and some of these aren't going to work out and i know spencer was giving us some stats and some of these specs are actually specs are actually you know well below you know their ten dollar you know in, or offering price or whatever you call it. it's not a yeah. public offering but the ten dollar initial price yep. and you know this is holding up above that we do have a merger maybe when they announce it or when they actually announce a date and get it official maybe it gets another lift so i don't mind at 1167 as long as it's above 10 i don't want to see in any of these spacs when they're below the 10 bucks no institutional interest in this whatsoever um, traded a couple hundred thousand shares. It was trading very low volume and then had a couple big days of 19 million and 16 and a half million. And now the volume's just drying up. So right now there's just no, there's no big interest in here. Maybe they're slowly trying to accumulate a position here. Uh, you'd have to, I wouldn't even lean on the 10 bucks. You have this low at 1087. So if you want to try a swing trade there, if not fill the gap, but it just doesn't look doesn't look like it's getting a lot of love yet. Can pay, I mean, the volume's just going away. So that's that's telling me that not much not interest a, here. Yeah, not much interest. I mean, the story is hot. The story is just unknown. Nobody's talking about this. I mean, we talk about a hot story. Could this story get hot? It has the potential. Well, how many bloody EV trades are out here? I mean, all these backs are EV this and EV that. I mean, they're not all going to work. You know, the majority of these are probably not going to work out, you know, and you have Nicola just a disaster, obviously. Can this one, you know, pick it up where Nicola left off? It can, but again, these are all just speculative plays and a lot of these are not going to make it. Yeah, and you made a good point. Some SPACs, for whatever reason, get a lot of attention and some don't. I, I haven't heard any media talking about this Excel fleet. Like, have you heard that on CNBC once? Pick XL Fleet. I, I don't know if I've heard. I don't know. I, I haven't heard it at all. I would, 
So, I mean, there, there is the same, it's the same stocks. I mean, this is what really drives price. And, you know, maybe we can just, you know, go on a quick, you know, little you know, segue here. But what really drives price and what really drives the story is the major media. And when they grab on board to something, that's what it really takes off. I mean, we hear about DraftKings on CNBC every single day. Every single day, it, it shows up on Fast Money. It shows up here. I mean, and as long as they continue to show up in the media, it drives the price higher because people are talking about it and that gets everybody excited. It's like, oh, they're talking DraftKings, I gotta buy DraftKings. I mean, that's a, just how it works. So that's what really drives this is media, it's social media, it's everywhere. But you look everywhere is DraftKings. I mean, if you're in a stock and nobody knows about it, maybe you're ahead of it. Maybe eventually, like in the workhorse, we got ahead of that trade. But, you know, it, it, it actually, for the most part, a lot of times you're in these stocks and you're hoping they're eventually going to get media attention. And for the most part, a lot of times they don't. Yeah, I mean, just for example, I, I bought that GMHI. I'll pull the chart up here. GMHI, which is the, the I believe, Peter Thiel's uh, SPAC. And I, I, yeah. I thought, oh, this could get hot. It's Peter Thiel. It's autonomous, yeah. autonomous driving. Yeah. Nope, didn't really get hot. It's kind of just hung out there. And so it, it really is, I mean, you know, it's, it's a little obvious to say, but what you're, what you're buying is you're buying the sponsor of the SPAC and you hope they know what the hell they're doing when they buy a good company. And you got to get it over 12, Spencer. Well, I don't own it now. So, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this is why I you know, and, and obviously Andrew left side on the show. This is why I bought Pershing Square SPAC, PSTH. Because one thing I know for certain is when Bill Ackman does a deal, is going to get major media coverage. This is not going to be flying under the radar and nobody cares if Bill Ackman did a deal. It will hit CNBC probably all day when he actually does a deal because it's Bill Ackman. So you could say with Peter Thiel, but Peter Thiel is not Bill Ackman. Yeah. Um, everybody knows in the, in the investing world who Bill Ackman is. Not everybody knows who Peter Thiel is. I know, if you're close, you know, you know who Peter Thiel is. But Bill Ackman is probably, you know, right up there with one of the biggest names. You know, I, I put him second above it, but yeah. we're really with name recognition in the hedge fund industry. Uh, I, I lost track of time. It's 901. I want to give Mitch just a second here because you wanted to comment yep. on, on here. Uh, on, on yeah. Here and CRSR, right? Yep. Uh, like you said, Dennis, uh, story is everything. And mm -hmm. uh, what I'm going to be looking for in here and why I was looking to buy what it. Stock? Um, I'm sorry, what stock is this? In here. H-E-A-R. Oh, H-E-A-R. Yep. Yeah, the trade that we talked about yesterday. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for the catalyst and really come into play with the new consoles. So you'll see CNBC start talking about the new Xbox, the new PlayStation. And this will just create even more hype in these stocks. It's uh, returning from the uh, point of liftoff. So, you know, it broke out, had all that trouble at 18, yeah. just above 18, old resistance, new support, got a little overdone yesterday. So it'd be interesting. Yesterday's low, just under 18. So there you go. If you're looking for close at 18.20, doesn't look what's going on much in the pre-market 17.62 low. So crazy move yesterday. I mean, we had, I'm, I'm, and obviously Mitch brought us this and I'm mad at myself because I actually had it written on my page to buy it. I at the open and then I got sidetracked you know I have a bazillion trades on at the open I'm working stuff out and then I got back to it after the open and it was already up in the 18s so I was like oh it opened down 
sound like 1760. What a gift. And we even talked about it on the show. So I hope some people were able to pick it up because we talked about this one potentially going. I did not. I was not able to get it. I wanted to buy it at the open and obviously I missed it. Uh, but, you know, this was a big pop. It had did pull back. I think the 18 does provide support now. Like Joel is saying, I would watch that level and you want to see it stay above 18. But it's a story that has the potential to get hot again. Steeple upgrade or steeple rating that helped it yesterday. Um, can it get another analyst on board or can it get some more life? Maybe. Um, I am long Sonos. I bought SONO the other day because for the sole reason that Andrew Leff was on the show. And I don't know if I said this yesterday, but Andrew Leff was on. Um, obviously said he thinks eventually somebody's buying Sonos. And I was like, Andrew Left knows a hell of a lot more than I do. I'll take a flyer on Andrew Left saying that somebody's eventually going to buy Sonos, S-O-N-O. I know Grasso has been on CNBC saying that too. So you have multiple people that are saying it. I don't know if where there's smoke, there's fire or not, but I could see why somebody would buy a Sonos or I don't know about Turtle Beach, but you know, Sonos is a bigger name. So anyways, I'm just saying that because it's obviously tied to here. They're both, you know, big on headsets. Sonos has other stuff as well, but um, they, they kind of trade together to a certain extent. So I like both of those stuff. All right. All right uh, S&P, just real quickly for your wrapping up. Uh, S&Ps have backed off that area that we mentioned uh, yesterday's high, right at 84. Uh, the 50% retracement, I don't, Dennis, you brought it up on the SPY yesterday. I think it was like right around 337, 338. S&Ps got above its number, 87 a quarter. We sold off 10 handles, 11 handles uh, since reaching that area. So let's see what happens. I like to see it get up near yesterday's high perhaps for a potential short leading on that pre-market high, but uh, just right where we back, where we back yesterday at about two thirty-five afternoon before we had the uh, negative stimulus news. Mitch, did you have another stock before we go? I thought you were coming in with two stocks. Yeah. I mean, we could touch really quickly. CRSR. Yeah. Um, a brand new IPO from yesterday. Yeah. Gaming IPO. What's this, this is, one about? I don't know uh, this company at all. I, I don't, I don't ever knock us down, but Spencer told me not to buy this one, man. <laughs> I, is it? I, I don't remember saying that. <laughs> yeah. so, okay, CRSR, what's the story here? I don't know anything about it. All right, so the story on this one is Connoisseur Gaming. So they make computer and gaming accessories, but they also make memory. And I think this is what really gives them a little bit of an edge uh, over, let's say, Logitech or here. Um, so definitely, I'm going to keep an eye on this one. I liked it at the IPO price, um, and then it went down to about 1430s. Um, I was really looking for 13s and 12s, so I missed the chance to buy. But now we're getting up there to the 20s, and it looks like Kenny Kenny's uh, strategy of the IPOs is really working. Um, he talked about that strategy yesterday, um, waiting for it to break that IPO price back on the upside, and uh, a nice rip here. Yeah, you had to be quick yesterday to catch it. Uh, nice double bottom too. It put that in. Uh, what was that? 1340. Uh, no, 14 bucks, 1409, 1411. Maybe, maybe you get a little pullback here, maybe a little 50% retracement to get in. But uh, after one week, first day, strong, you know, five days in a row, strong uptrend here for what's it called? Corsair Gaming? Yep, that's it. All right, some shows are more eventful than others. Today was definitely that show. Uh, we made it through, though. I want to thank our guests. It didn't burn down. I didn't burn down. The building is still here. The office is still here. No fires. So that was a quick fire drill. 
Yeah, how'd you get back so fast? Um, I just how do they know the fire? Like, how do they find out the huge building? I think it was a thing was a false alarm, but then I couldn't get back in the office. I was locked out because they locked all the doors, so I could not get back in it, even even with my badge. So that's what kept me out for a little bit. But uh, anyway, I'm back. It's we're all good. Uh, Thanks to all of you in our chats. Thanks to the super chats. We appreciate those. Thanks for all the likes. We appreciate those as well. Please hit that like button. Thank you very much. You can catch a replay of this show on YouTube on, or on every major podcast platform. And please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or training advice. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you at 340 Eastern Time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.